Hello, my name is Meg. Welcome to the Unedited Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. The goal of this podcast is to help you both develop and enjoy the habit of daily Bible reading and prayer. About 20 years ago, at a very low spot in my life, I was convicted to begin this simple discipline, and I looked up years down the road to see how God had used this habit to heal deep places in my heart and do incredible things in my life. And so over the years, it's really become my greatest passion to help others get to know Jesus through His Word and through His presence. Through this podcast, I'm hoping to help you see the Word of God with fresh eyes, to learn to slow down with your Bible, and ultimately to fall in love with Jesus and to fall in love with your Bible. So thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so grateful that you are here. Hello, happy Friday. Welcome to Unedited. So excited that you are here. That is a gift. Today's episode is really more of a concept than a tip and a very simple concept. But a few months back, I was in a conversation and I said, I see my counselor every day. I was kind of joking, but I was serious. And Bible reading and prayer really, in some aspects in my life, has been counseling sessions. It's been therapy. And I just wanted to talk a little bit today about the fact that I see my counselor every day. And I just want to talk about the power of verbal processing. Years ago, I went to a seminar on pastoral counseling And I remember hearing the facilitator talking about the power of asking questions and getting others to open up. And they just said, ask good questions, get the individual talking, they will self-diagnose as they talk. And the job of the counselor is to get the individual talking. That's not verbatim, that's not word for word. I didn't go back and check my notes to see exactly how it was said, but that was the concept that was introduced. And what do we do in prayer? We talk. We open up our hearts before God. It is conversation. And I really believe this is a very overlooked aspect of prayer. A lot of times we think, oh, this is me taking my needs to God and getting answers for my prayers. Oh, this is me worshiping. And yes, worship is a massive aspect of prayer. We have to keep God in the right context, in the right format. We have to remember that he is all-powerful, almighty, that he's holy, that he's high, but yet he's also approachable. And again, it's conversation, it's talking, it's verbal processing. David wrote in Psalm 51 and said that he desires truth in the inward parts. And God knows the power of humans verbally processing. And I believe daily processing through our fears, our emotions, our questions, our uncertainty is a huge aspect of us not becoming bitter or hard or cynical or numb or spiritually dull. It keeps the Spirit of God flowing in our lives. It keeps a freshness in our lives. And though life may continue to assault us or life may continue to bombard us just maybe with busy seasons or other aspects of life maybe trials there is a freshness that flows into our lives through getting what's inside on the outside and that happens as we talk to God about it and again God knows the power of our verbal processing and I believe this is a 
huge aspect of why he invites us to pray. Read the Psalms. David talks himself through some of the craziest human emotions imaginable. He talks himself through some of the most difficult circumstances of his life. And he talked through them with God. He doesn't hide it from God. He shares it with him. And then he comes back to truth and he comes back to words of victory and declarations of faith and praise. He remembers the mercy of God. But if we're actually just reading the prayers he wrote, I cannot imagine the things that he actually said that weren't being recorded for who knows who to read. And this vulnerability and transparency and honesty in David's life did not turn God away. But really, this was a piece of what attracted God to David and fostered one of the most beautiful pictures of relationship that we see in the scripture between the human and the divine. And I just felt very strongly with this to remind you today that prayer is not a performance. It is you meeting with the one who formed you, who made you. It does not have to sound a certain way. Yes, we should approach God with respect. But God knows the difficulty of being human. It tells us in Hebrews that he's touched in all points. He was tempted in all points, like as we are yet without sin. But he can be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, our weaknesses, our mental weaknesses, our emotional weaknesses, our every form of weakness that we can know as a human. He is touched by it because he's been through it. And prayer is us meeting with the one that formed us, that made us, the one who knows every single detail about our lives. I've quoted this before, but my pastor in a series called Ugly Prayers said, you can conceal nothing from God, but you can withhold everything. And that's really what I'm just trying to remind us of today is that there is power in seeing, bringing everything to Jesus. He sees it. And there's so much power. He is the one, again, who made us, who knows every single detail about our lives. He's the one that holds the answer to every question. And I will say there's a place for human counsel. We have a lot of Christian counselors in this day and age. It is scriptural. In Proverbs, it says, in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. And in the multitude of counselors, there is wisdom. And one of them, it says twice. I can't remember if it's safety or wisdom. But I think it is good to have the right voices speaking into our lives, speaking into our pain, speaking into maybe our trauma or our current season or our a previous season that we need to heal from. And I believe that sessions with a trained professional can really go a long way. But there is nothing that will match the power of you daily meeting with the one who knows the end from the beginning. There is nothing like daily seeing the one who is wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. And the practice of scheduling appointments with him may be the thing that keeps you floating and I floating on the turbulent seas of life when storms come. He's always taking new clients. He's always available. He has emergency availability. Any time of the day or night, you can get a session with him. And I don't want to cheapen God or downplay his power and might. He is majestic. He holds all things in the palm of his hand. But he is close and he is available. And I see my counselor every day. And I want to encourage you to do the same. See him, make a daily appointment with him, and open up your heart in vulnerability before him. 
Today, I'm going to share an unedited journal entry called Set in Dark Places. And I have wrestled a bit for the podcast this week, just first of all, what to share and sort of feeling that I needed to share this particular entry, but it it's not like sharing all things to enjoy. This is one of those that God used to minister to me very deeply. And I would not want to be want it to be misconstrued in any way. But I do feel like I'm supposed to share this. And maybe it is just one for one person who's in a dark trial or a dark season. We do know that dark times come into our lives. When we are on the road to heaven, we're walking against the grain of culture. We're walking against the grain of the systems of this world. We're fighting our flesh. And Peter told us not to think it strange concerning the fiery trial that is to try us. We know that trials come. Trials come to refine us. And sometimes those trials can just be dark seasons. Really something maybe a little difficult to explain. I've heard people talk about dark nights of the soul where it's just dark and you have questions, uncertainty, maybe battle fears. It, it could be brought on by a diagnosis. It could be brought on by a loss. It could be brought on by some circumstance or situation. And I believe that sometimes these dark seasons maybe not don't even have a particular trigger. They're just times that God wants us to learn of him more deeply. And so I'm going to share today's unedited journal entry set in dark places. Last night, I opened up my Bible to Lamentations 3.6. He has set me in dark places. And then notice Psalms 88, 5, and 6 in the side notes. Thou hast laid me in the lowest pit in darkness in the depths. Sometimes God places us in dark depths. I personally know from experience the meaning of these words. Dark depths, dark places. Seasons that I could only qualify as a dark night of the soul, which seemed to have no escape hatch. Pitch blackness with no shred of light, where all I could feel was the darkness of night. Even darkness which may be felt. Exodus 10:21. It is darkness without description, but if you've experienced it, you understand. You know the meaning of dark places. You know the seasons where God has set you there. The writer of Lamentations continues on. He has set me in dark places as they that be dead of old. He hath hedged me about that I cannot get out. I am stuck in this inky blackness. Its tendrils are wrapping around my mind. Its velvet veil seems to be suffocating my thoughts. I cannot get out. There is nowhere to go. There is no running. I've been set here. He hath made my chain heavy. Also, when I cry and shout, he shuts out my prayer. He has enclosed my way with hewn stone. These words may seem hyperbolic to some, but to others they will feel to be the most accurate description of their current season or a former season. Inexplicable darkness, inescapable darkness with no release. Just the inner knowledge that God has set you there. Those dark places are filled with mystery, unknowns, uncertainty, Often the voice of questions mixes and mingles with the voice of the accuser. 
He attempts to use dark places as proof that God doesn't love, that God isn't good, that God doesn't care. He, like Job's companions, will say, it's all your fault. He will attempt to use a dark assignment as verification of God's unfaithfulness and God's absence. But while the dark is deep and the darkness is mysterious, I know that in the dark I am not alone. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. Micah 7, 8. When the perplexing questions of darkness consume my thoughts, God is still there. Job reiterates the concept of Jeremiah and Heman in Psalms 88. He hath fenced up my way that I cannot pass, and hath set darkness in my paths. And like Jeremiah, Job continues, He has stripped me of my glory and taken the crown from my head. He has destroyed me on every side, and I am gone, and my hope hath he removed like a tree. The words and emotions and feelings of cloaking darkness, deep darkness, deep depths. And while darkness is a reality at certain junctures of life, the darkness is not meaningless. Number one, God works in the darkness. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Genesis 1.1 In the darkness, God created. God began his creative process in the dark expanse of eternity. Darkness did not prevent creation. Darkness facilitated creation. Reverend Robert Tisdale said, All life emerges from dark places. Every single living thing emerges from darkness and from seclusion. Every tree begins below the surface, emerging from a dead seed, eventually bulging and burgeoning through the darkness with the tiniest shoot toward the sun. Every human life, God's highest expression of creative ability, begins in darkness. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb, Psalm 139. God creates in darkness. He does his finest work there. Number two, God is in control of and undaunted by darkness. The day and the night are both alike unto thee, Psalm 139, 12. Darkness was under his feet, Psalm 18, 9. He made darkness his secret place. His pavilion round about him were dark waters and thick clouds of the sky, Psalm 18, 12. God grants revelations in the darkness, number three. He discovers deep things out of darkness and bringeth out to light the shadow of death, Job 12.2. Christian Standard Bible translates this as, He reveals mysteries from the darkness and brings deepest darkness into the light. There are things learned in the darkness that could be learned nowhere else. We learn more of God in the dark than at other times. Deep revelation of who he is happens in the depths. Just as a blind person lives in darkness and has all other senses heightened, so it is in our spiritual lives. We learn the sound of his voice. We feel his presence because our sight is cut off. Our faith becomes our eyes in dark places and while we are sat there, we learn. Number four, God gives treasure out of dark places. And I will give thee the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places that thou mayest know that I, the Lord, which call thee by thy name, am the God of Israel. Isaiah 45, 3. 
A few minutes ago, I walked away from writing and I felt like God dropped a thought in my spirit. Minds are dark. Just as every form of life begins in the dark, every treasure that I can think of comes from dark depths and is costly to mind. Diamonds and gold and rubies and titanium, platinum, silver, iron, coal, aluminum, copper, topaz, jade, emerald, sapphire, turquoise, the list could go on. Every valuable treasure that I can think of outside of paper currency and living things is formed in and mined from darkness. Even the ocean depths produce the radiance and beauty of pearls. Diving deep is required for retrieval. Charles Spurgeon said those who dive in the sea of affliction bring up rare pearls. Darkness and depths are the place of production for treasures. From a website, gemstones are created deep in Earth's core and pushed closer to the surface through natural processes. Earthquakes, volcanoes, and plate shifts are a few examples of these processes. This process still leaves gemstones miles underground, though they are now close enough to the surface to be mined. Diamonds and peridot are the deepest gemstones to mine, resting 125 miles below ground. Most other gemstones can be found 3 to 25 miles below the Earth's surface. Okay. This is one random website, not taking numbers as absolute fact, but the most expensive treasures is mined from the deepest places. And finding treasure is made possible by natural processes and storms. The deeper you go, the darker it gets. The darker it gets, the more valuable the treasure. But the treasure must be mined. We must choose to learn and glean the treasure of dark places, dark depths. So while my natural mind cannot comprehend or understand dark places, I trust in dark places, I learn in dark places, I am formed in dark places, and if I handle the dark places I am entrusted with correctly, I will come out of them with treasures, more valuable than any physical treasure, more precious and priceless than gold, diamonds, rubies, or pearls treasure of inestimable worth. As Paul wrote, the unsearchable riches of Christ. So when God walks me into and sets me in dark places, I will trust his formative process. I will remember he's with me and that he will be my light there. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be light round about me. And remembering is key in the darkness. Jeremiah runs through an entire list of how dark and horrible his situation and season is in Lamentations 3. And then he makes his famous transition by remembering, This I recall to mind, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not, they are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul, therefore will I hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeks him. Jeremiah thinks back and remembers the Lord's mercy, compassion, and faithfulness, and these fuel hope and patience in that dark place. When I trust in the darkness, and when I remember in the darkness, then I have hope in the darkness, and I can wait in the darkness, and know God is growing and creating in the darkness, and I can learn in the darkness, and mine treasure there. 
And when I realize all of this, I can sing in the darkness. Like Paul and Silas at midnight in the inner prison, a song will bubble up, well up from deep inside. You shall have a song as in the night when a holy feast is kept in gladness of heart. Isaiah 30, 29. The other prisoners heard their song echoing through the darkness, and I will follow their lead and sing in the dark. God gives songs in the night. The best songs come from the darkest places. My voice will be heard ringing his praise through the darkness. The darkness may take my sight, but it cannot stop my worship. I may be set in darkness, but great is thy faithfulness. Yet in the darkness, still I will sing. Even though my eyes can't see, I will praise you for the victory. I will sing, I will dance, I will praise you in advance for the victory. Lyrics by Heidi King. Darkness will come to an end. It has an expiration date. Morning always dawns. But while we're assigned darkness, it's an opportunity to trust, learn, grow, find God there, mine the darkness for treasure, and learn a new song. My voice will sing your praise from dark places. He has set me in dark places. Lamentations 3, 6. Again, just a very simple concept today. God wants to give you counsel through his word, in his presence. He wants to lead and direct your steps. Make an appointment with him. See your counselor every day. And if you find yourself in a dark season for some reason or or another, just a reminder that like Micah said, there the Lord will be your light. There God wants to grow things in you, change things in you. He wants you to get to know him in dark places. Don't forget to see your counselor today. Thank you so much for joining me for this journey. I look forward to meeting up with you again next Friday. If you have questions or to download a typed or a handwritten transcript of today's entry, you can visit meganedited.com. For now, go grab your journal and your Bible. I so look forward to the power of this habit in your life. This is unedited. This is for you. Happy, 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 wonderful, amazing, joyful, fun-filled Friday.